You're listening to Magpie Radio, a download from collingwoodfc.com.au. Pie Night is the official fans podcast of the Collingwood Football Club. Proudly brought to you by EasyBond's Global Payments. And now it's over to cyber fans, Cono, Driver and Sugarfoot for this week's show from the Lexus Centre. Pies fans, welcome back to Pie Night, brought to you by EasyBond's Global Payments. It's a sombre atmosphere in the room as we will bring you, over the length of the show, a bit of a review of the game. We, uh, we're going to bring in Collingwood, Collingwood CEO Greg Swan to talk about the season and maybe 20. look forward to 2007. We're going to go through the final selection, the selection of captain on the Coca-Cola Zero. Real taste, zero sugar. Sweet 16. And we're also going to preview... Well, maybe review some of the highlights of the year and maybe talk a little bit about Williamstown because there is that Collingwood element that's still alive this weekend. Pies fans, it's very disappointing that this will be the last pineup for a couple of, well, weeks at least until we might do a draft version. We'll do a few few summer specials, Connor. Yeah, we might even have a Copeland special for you. But boys, let's uh, talk a little bit about the elimination final Driver. Yeah, the, the less the better. Um, started off well. Bad kicking kept the dogs in it, I think. We should um, have been five or six up at quarter time. We probably should have nailed a few more sugar. That's right. We didn't. Um, young Bulldogs team, full of enthusiasm. If we'd gone in at quarter time, eight goals three instead of five goals six, I think it would have sapped all the confidence out of mm. them. They would have been a different unit. We didn't do it. And we paid the price. We left. We kept them in the game. They then got their tails up, and my goodness, they ran us off the park. And Sugarfoot, bad kicking is bad football, or look, I think it was. They started off really well, and it looked like danger sides early on. And then we we got back into it, controlled it, were flying. Uh, then all of a sudden, there were a couple of little skill errors, caused turnovers in the middle of the ground. Instead of going long and direct. We were going wide. We were still going wide uh, while we were playing well, while we kicked those five goals in a row. We weren't going as direct as we could have, and that's probably why we didn't kick straight, because we weren't getting the guys in the corridor. Um, Hugely disappointing from the start of the second quarter. I I don't think that the dogs are any quicker than us. They just ran harder, and they did what we used to do at the start of the season. And I think their skills were just almost surgical. They were amazingly precise with their ball skills. We're joined by Clinton Bowne, the Uber producer, the fantastic producer of Collingwood TV and Pie Night. Clinton, it was your first final as Indeed. a member of the Collingwood uh, family, family fraternity. Yes. fraternity. What were your thoughts? Coming into the game, I, I, would, I was pretty confident, to be honest, and I think we all were, but um, Rocket just seemed to coach just to a T all day. He was just fantastic. I've got to say that. I know a lot of people out there won't be won't be particularly willing to listen to that, but um, mm. I've got to say I think he just sort of put on the screws and uh, he had the man, the men out there to do it. Um, and he got everything out got, of his cattle, didn't he? Absolutely, and our boys just went very flat and they just never, never got back in the game. His, um, his decoy use of um, Brad Johnson... And dragging some of the other guys back, you know, dragging Ryan Robbins. Loney to Ryan Loney, the last mm. line of defence, where he's not comfortable. Dragging Dane Swan in the second half, so I don't know whether it was him dragging Swanee or Mick, but Swanee spent a lot of time in the back half as well. Our guys didn't get to play from the middle back, didn't get to play on their terms. And another another thing, speaking of the middle back, is that the ball spent a lot of time there. Uh, 
Do you think that some of the criticism that's been levelled this week at our forwards has been justified, considering I, that we only had something like 11 inside 50s in I, the final three quarters? I think the criticism... I, I think Anthony would be the first to admit he had a pretty ordinary game. I thought Taz had a very solid game. Anthony missed a few opportunities, marks and goals, that he... On, on song would have otherwise kicked. Yeah, Taz won't live down those three shots for goal in the third quarter, though. I mean, that that defined the game as far as Collingwood was concerned, mm. and unfortunately they didn't go in. One hit mm. the post, the other two didn't go in it anywhere near the goal, yeah. and um, that's going to be disappointing. Cono, uh, read Peter Dacos earlier in the week talking in the paper about the difference between a good forward and a great forward is one who can manufacture goals when they're not presented to him on the plate. That's right. And, and that's um, 15-minute burst of creativity with, or whatever. With Dids well held and possibly playing under a fair amount of duress, uh, given that in the last few weeks he's picked up a lot of knocks. Uh, we didn't have a conjurer up there in the forward line. We probably list, missed Leon Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's been such an, well, you'd say underrated player in terms of the value of, his, of, of, of him to our side, only because in previous years... Maybe we haven't missed him. This year, I thought he was so solid. You're right, Kono. They talk about that burst player that we're missing, that pace through the midfield. Dids has played pr- primarily as a half-forward, and we've needed him there uh, to complement you know, Chris and, uh, and Anthony. Leon was playing fantastic footy, really clean hands, getting it quickly out of the middle and allowing that just that extra rotation through. Um, pace is where we've lacked uh, and, and continued run. But Dids think- at least had a... Uh had a good Monday night. Is that not uh, the case, Sugarfoot? Well, yeah. Look, it was it was great to see Alan uh, Alan pick up his first All Australian jumper. I'm sure it won't be the last, uh, mm. but you know it was pretty hollow in uh, after the loss on Sunday. I think, Try. guys, you said Cono earlier. You spoke about pressure and you spoke about skills, and that's the combination in modern footy that you have to have. You have to have a combination of being able to play well under pressure and execute your skills under pressure and that's where the dogs outplayed us on Sunday when the heat came on our skill set dropped away from marking from kicking handballing all mm. the way across to the one percenters the shepherds mm, and nice. whatnot but Footscray's case Western Bulldogs case it didn't it stayed there and if you're looking at one factor that was that ended up being the difference, it was that. I'm not a big fan of this whole pace argument. You can run a football as much as you like. You cannot run a football as well as you can kick it precisely 50 metres to a a teammate's advantage. Mm. And every team looks a lot quicker when they've got the ball in their hand. That's right. And you don't get the ball in your hand when your skills fail under pressure. Now, Driver, who would you nominate for votes? Well, I've picked my votes out today. I'll go from one through to three. I'm going to give one vote to Presti. I thought he played a wonderful game defensively. Um, some of his use of the ball it took him a while, probably didn't have a lot of options to go to downfield, so held it up, unfortunately, but that was that was how we seemed to play the whole game. James Clement, I give two votes. I think Clem had a, mm-hmm. a great game, probably his best all-round game that I've seen him play this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and three votes, I'm going to give to Dale Thomas. He may not have been the best player for Collingwood on the day, but he was the one with the correct attitude. Just kept going, gave it his all, and Great showed leadership of, from an 18-year-old that's unsurpassed. And, of course, what a wonderful screamer as well. Look, uh, I thought Jimmy was beaten 
when it mattered on Robbins, and the, for one of the few times in his career, I thought Robbins outmarked him a, few, a couple of times in the contest, which was surprising. I gave one to Daisy. I thought you agree with you. Provided some spark, uh, you know, set the example to the rest of the, that the rest of the team should have followed. I gave two to Reese Shaw. I thought his comeback after you know being publicly you know sort of hung out to dry after the 2003 Grand Final. I thought Reese provided a lot of drive. It certainly wasn't his Very fault. Very good point. Very good. And point. I gave three to Presty. I thought yep. Presty probably forced uh, Rocket's hand to move Johnson away from goal. Presty on Brad Johnson wouldn't have picked it for, you know, I could have picked 21 other guys in, in, ahead of Presty to play on Brad Johnson, and he matched him for pace, did well, and was the only sort of shining light down down back. Connor, your votes. I uh, I actually gave one vote to Tarkin Lockyer. I think he had a very good game. He's he's really finished off the season with um, with some great efforts. I think he there was at one point he took a really spectacular mark with a flight of the ball uh, running into a pack. It might have been early in the second quarter or late in the first quarter. It was just, um, it was just something that, that we're not really used to seeing. Tarkin do is is really throw his body into those sort of contests and be strong in the air. But I think he's really, he's really improved over the last half of the year, and I think his he should be uh, lifted, he yeah. should be commended for that. Uh, I also gave two to Reece Shaw. I think um, he had a good game. There were a few elements of his game that I still think there's obviously room for improvement. But 25 touches on a wing is solid. The only advice that I have from Reece Shaw from the stands is, mate, don't grab the ball and bounce it, then start running. Grab it, run 10 metres, then bounce. And I also gave three to Presti. I think uh, he's been on the show a couple of times this year, and so he's one of our favourite sons. Um, he, Again, as you said, he's got a great burst of pace and uh, someone that you almost underestimate his ability to, to, to come off a mark and stay with some of those quicker forwards like Brad Johnson. So, Presty, for the last time this year, uh, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, well, exactly what we thought too. Well. Yeah, nothing. Now, Clinton, your votes. Uh, the way I saw it, boys, I thought Daisy was fantastic all day. I really think he tried consistently to get into the game, tried to keep turning it on when we were struggling at times. So one vote for him. Uh, two for Presty, I thought as well. Much has been said about him, but I thought he was great all day. And for me, three tarks. I thought he was the one guy throughout the whole game who was consistent for all um, four quarters. Excellent. Pies fans, after this break, we're going to uh, speak to Collingwood CEO, Mr. Greg Swan. CollingwoodFC.com.au is proudly supported by EasyBonds Global Payments. EasyBonds is the best way to transfer money online. EasyBonds.com provides businesses and customers the most secure and reliable way to send and receive funds. Join the EasyBonds vision. To find out more about EasyBonds and to set up an Easy account, visit EZYBONDS.com. EasyBonds, the official online partner of the Collingwood Football Club. We're back on Pie Night, brought to you by EasyBonds Global Payments. We're joined by a very special guest, Pies fans. We wheel in the big guns, the CEO of the mighty Collingwood Football Club, Mr. Greg Swan. Swanee, welcome to Pie Night. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Now, Swanee, uh, where do we start? Uh, a, a year in review, we've, we've reviewed the match, so let's not talk about that. Let's talk about uh, about what your thoughts were on the Pies year overall. Yeah, look, it's been reported um, that we're you know a bit comfortable with how it is, but I think... Um, 
at the start of the year we wanted to make the eight, which we did. We're obviously disappointed with how we went on the weekend, but you know to come from 15th, I think is a good a good effort. But we're not happy, you know, we're not satisfied with that. So that that's the sort of underlying thing of the season. We've um, we're encouraged that we found uh, we think some good younger players that, that have bought through, and there's still some more that are playing this weekend at Williamstown. And uh, for those that have the opportunity, they should go down and have a look at um, Alan Tuvey and. Shannon Cox and uh, John Anthony and some of those guys that are playing in uh, for Williamstown and playing really well and they'll be playing senior footy next year almost guaranteed those guys. Um, so look, the year's been certainly a big improvement, but we're not satisfied with that, so we want to go again. Uh, Greg, this year there was a lot of uh, focus on your change in role. You're still the club's chief executive officer, but you had a a role within football operations as well. Can you tell us a bit about what that role actually entailed and what does that mean now in the review period of the season and leading into the draft? What will your role be? Yeah, look, at um, the board uh, felt that, you know, as, as far as the club goes, the business itself, you know, making money in the club, you know, with, with everything else has been going pretty smoothly and the only thing that wasn't going according to plan, was the footy department. So the, the the issue was to just spend more time in there, just to have, uh, you know, a bit more influence over just some of the decision-making, just um, querying the guys about certain things that, are, you know, that we do in here and just trying to bring bring the levels of profession, professionalism, if you like, up to uh, a higher standard. And so the review going forward, yeah, I'm, I'm involved in list management, um, Obviously, I don't have the uh, final say, but I have a say. But it's again, it's about the process, just making sure that we talk to all the right people. We do it in a professional manner, and um, yeah, again, you know, we we just want to make sure that we're doing it to the best of our ability. List management has become a buzzword in the football industry. What does that actually entail? Our, our listeners out there, avid pie fans, all of them would like to know what sort of process the club co- goes through every year to work out who stays, who goes, and what type of player you might be looking for in either trades or draft. Yeah, see, look, and, and that's where... They're, they're the things that we've probably addressed, if you like. You actually manage the list all the way through. You don't just do it at the end of the season and say, right, him, him, and him have gone, or, you know, we need... It is a continual thing, and, and it changes. Occasionally, middle of the year, there might be a player who we don't think will make it, and, you know, we, we put a bit of an asterisk there but then all of a sudden he might play start playing well for Williamstown and you have to change your mind so it's a, it's a continual thing but certainly at the end of the season which we had a meeting yesterday which went all day we go through every player we uh, assess whether we will keep them trade them delist them um, then we will we'll revisit that again in another couple of days just to go through um, that again, so that you know, you, you certainly you want to be mindful of what happened on the weekend, but you also also want to be mindful of what's happened over the year. So you don't make a decision on one game; you make it on on the whole season. So you come back and have a look at that, so that you know maybe we might have had a bit of raw emotion yesterday, and a few guys copped mm. it in the neck that maybe <laughs> in the cold hard light of day they they didn't have as bad a season. For that, example, that'd be good to be being. <laughs> when you talk about the trade, obviously with the the guys who are delisted, um, they're told that they they're no longer required. Um, the guys who are traded, I was reading something the other day where it's one of the only uh, or sports, one of the only areas where the employee gets thrown around without their knowledge. Do, does, do we 
tell the guys that they are up for trade or give them any inkling or yeah we do yeah. I mean and again that's that's a thing is that, that something you've bought that, in or? yeah that's that's right that's not always the case but in our wish in our instance it is and that um yeah, I mean the other thing about the trade is that the player himself must agree to go to the club so there's mm. no point in us saying you know player X you're off to Richmond and he says well hang on a minute I don't want to go to Richmond that's yeah, a no player would, would <laughs> want to go there that's the last place you'd be better off shooting him that's right so he'd rather be delisted and go and play in the you know amateurs or something but they have to agree to go so you have to talk to them and say look if an opportunity comes along or if there's a trade put to us we're going to look at it because you know we and that, and there's there's also elements of um, you don't necessarily trade them out but if the de- right deal comes along you will so mm. but that mm. doesn't mean you know I can say to you for example look we'll we'll keep you but if the right deal comes along we're going to look at it mm. and uh, we might move you on and there's only a few guys that we go into a trade um, and say they're de- definitely not being traded mm. for yeah. example you know, the Dale Thomases of the world, and mm. so that Dibs. didn't matter. You yeah. better throw Alan Dale on the Sugarfoot might get upset. Sure? Yeah. And he's sure for me, yeah. Yeah, but, no, but, but yeah, there are, there, and we would probably have half a dozen only of those guys, and then there's other guys who, who are at an age where they won't be traded anyway, the Burnsies and the Buckses and those guys mm. who probably wouldn't have any interest from outside clubs, but also from our point of view, that wouldn't happen. So there's not many, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you'll do five trades. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's hard to get, uh, trading these days, and especially with this year's draft. And again, we have our recruiting. You know, Derek Hine sits in on those meetings because he's obviously very important as to what type of people are available in the draft. So if we want to get rid of you know three halfback flankers, we've got to make sure that there's good halfback flankers in the draft that can replace them. But approaching the trade, do you specifically go in there and maybe do some? Let's call it scenario planning, or do you have almost game theory sessions where you'd you'd practice some scenarios, you'd look at some trading scenarios? Because you know whether or not we take any credence to it, there are a lot of very passionate Collingwood supporters out there on the internet that say, "Ah, why did we trade this guy? Why didn't we try and get this pick for this person?" Now, do you plan in advance? Do you say, "Well, look, we have a good understanding this player might be worth you know between twenty and thirty in the market, therefore we might be able to get him, or we might be able to upgrade." You know, a few years ago, we we upgraded our pick seven or downgraded it from a pick seven to uh, and got ten and thirty seven. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is that something that you'd go in there and say, well, that's really something we're looking for? And yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, the simple answer answer is yes. We do we do grade all our players. Like Richard Cole's probably a good example. Last year, we felt that he was worth pick fifteen to twenty five, somewhere in between. Like you, you can't be unrealistic and say, look, we gave a first round pick, so we need pick seven. I mean, mm. Coley at that stage. Had only played five games and you know didn't have didn't have the greatest of years and and then he said he wanted to go so we weren't phased as to where he went but we felt that that was his value and for us we weren't going to do, do the trade unless we got that type of value and in the end he was 21 which sort of fitted in the mid range but obviously and we well have, done mm. in <laughs> retrospect <laughs> we would have liked to have got a, a have eaten a, all the pies an this earlier year. pick but um, yeah around the 15 mark but. That's you know that wasn't available, and in the end we felt that was value. We wouldn't have traded him for pick forty, for example, because we just didn't think that that was worth it to us. Because again, coming back to Derek Hines' position, we would get a good player in the twenties, or you know in that in that range, but we wouldn't get a good player at forty. So mm. why do it? So yeah, you have, you have a lot up, of difference in that. Coming up to the draft, uh, obviously you've there've been a few changes at draft level. Derek Hines, Noel Judkins, there's a bit of. Some great results, obviously, looking at, at the likes of the players that we drafted last year. 
going into this year, has there been even more improvement in terms of drafting? We've seen the young um, young Irish boy, uh, Martin Clark, I think, yep. coming on board, and also uh, the boy from Sydney, Reed, Simon Reed, Reed or Scott, Scott Reed. Reed. Yep. Um, it looks as though from 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 the outside that we're uh, we're really leading the pack in terms of our recruiting practices. Do you believe that we're uh, we're ahead of the pack? Yeah, I do. And 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 again, there's some of the things that we bring in. And like, so I sit when I first came, I said to Derek, well, "What do you need to get better?" And we've we've increased our software. We've got um, all of our recruiting staff are now online, and they can just you know you can be sitting at home today, tonight, for example. Don't like what's on TV, you can just call up a game and have a look at a kid. We've got edits just specifically about certain players. So our our support network, not only with numbers, but also the technology has been vastly improved. And I think that's right. I think it's been reported about Scott Reed as an example. There's an apprentices scheme that's um, been implemented and we clearly have got the best player in New South Wales because he's the only kid that's w- got Was into- the trip overseas worth it? No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> but the, well, the congratulations know, on in- other clubs accusing us of being oh, yeah, underhanded. Well, well done on doing it. I mean, it's clear that he is one of the best players yeah. because of the reaction of the other teams. Well, he's in the Institute and he's the only kid from New South Wales that's in that. And, and you know, the people who have been in there before are, are, are all, you know, there's 30 kids in Australia who get picked and he's one and he's the only one from New South Wales. And for us, we've got him. So we're pretty happy about that. And um, the same as Martin Clark, he uh, reportedly is the best junior player to play in Ireland and he's here. He comes out on the 8th of October, and um, we're happy about that. Now, neither well, of these no, guys are going yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, probably... You know, well, certainly Scott isn't, because he's, he's still only uh, 16. But um, Martin, you know, he's a project player. But, yeah, it, it's just a, it's another string in our bow. We, we recruited nine players last year, and, you know, we think all of them can play. We had uh, seven the year before, and I don't think any of those guys will be traded either. So, you know, there's... There we go, inside. Hopefully get some... Uh, there's a bit of depth coming in underneath there. And, and contrary to, you know, the reports today, which, you know, we got the standard Robert Walls belting us and, you know, saying we're no good and all those they things. They just hate us. Same, yeah. guy, same, guy, us. same guy who 15 weeks ago was talking about how great yeah. we were. Yeah, so, you know, and, and you know, and, and yeah, that those things happen. But, you know, we're, we're really... Confident that our younger group of players are good players, and um, you know, and they'll they'll uh, come into the team. You know, a few more of them will come into the team. Cool, Swanee. Um, going from the young players to the more seasoned players, there are two players who either because they've put themselves on the market or have been put on the market, they're big names: Jason Ackermanis, Michael Gardner. Um, does the club have any interest in either of them, and do we have an inclination of what level of interest at what price we may have? Um, from Michael Gardner's point of view, uh, we don't have an interest there only because we don't feel he's physically able. You know, on the weekend he um, played at Claremont and only played a half and broke down again, and, and that's from our. You know, we one thing we have here is reasonable information out of the West Coast, and um, <laughs> I don't think he's physically <laughs> able to play. Um, Jason Ackermanis, um, we've spoken to his manager, um, but. It's pretty clear that he will end up somewhere else. I think. Right. Okay. And we're what not we're not going to get into a war, you know, for a guy who's thirty years old. So. Now, um, Grant Thomas has been uh, sacked by St Kilda, and there's speculation with uh, that Mickey mightn't be coaching next year. There's nothing in the wings there. <laughs> no, Mick's uh, he's contracted, and he's very happy here. He's good. Uh, good. Well, Swanee, good. thank you very much for joining us. It's obviously a pretty depressing week. We've had four or five days to, well, four days to get over it, but the pain still lingers. But hopefully, um, 
uh, we can, uh, you know, look forward to a, to a very productive trading and recruitment uh, season. Hopefully get you on later on in the year to discuss maybe some of the, uh, the things we've been meaning to ask you all year, like, you know, these whinging clubs and their gate receipts and equalisation funds and the fact that we're leading the pack. And, and maybe set up 2007. Getting rid some of the draft and getting, getting some open slather or some <laughs> yeah, free agency. And, and all like the good agency. stuff. Let's get back to, uh, to looking at some positive, uh, setups for 2007. You're feverishly working behind the scenes to make sure that we're a, we're a power on the field in 2007. So, uh, good luck. Have a good summer, and hopefully, again, we can have you on the show uh, for a summer special. Yeah, that'd be fine. And just before I go, like, and to you guys and all the people who are listening, you know, it's uh, very much appreciated from the club's perspective. It's just another thing that we're leading the way. No one else does these sort of things, and um, we know that. And uh, and we do it well. And it's a credit to you guys, and it's a credit to our staff here for putting it all together, and and for the people who are listening. Um, hopefully, that continues. So uh, well done, and yeah, we will. We'll fill in. Um, We'll fill in about all those whinging clubs, but we, yeah, we we want sustained success. We don't want to be up there and then fall back down again. So that that's the reason that, um, you know, we we're really putting a lot of work into the kids and uh, making sure that they keep getting better. So it'll be good. Thanks, thank you, Collingwood CEO Greg Swan. Pies fans, it's been 16 years since we won a flag, and this year Willie could win another. Go Willie! Go Willie! Go! Go on the goals! Coca-Cola Zero. Real taste and zero sugar. Sweet 16. Now, over this year, we have put together a team, Collingwood fans, that has been an outstanding team. Not we. Collingwood fans have put together a team. No, no, we, as Collingwood fans. Sorry, sorry. We've facilitated... Everyone out there in Pyland has done it. And uh, all over the world, as we found out. Exactly correct, including Afghanistan. Last year, we... uh, Last year, last week, we asked for the captain of these, this magnificent team, whether it be a captain that has actually captained our club or someone that could be a captain in the future. Once again, Conno, we had an overwhelming response from our Pi fans out Thank there. Thank you, Pies fans. Um, Pi fans, the entire team is up on collingwoodfc.com.au if you want to have a quick look at the players that have been selected in the 22 positions. But the prize but that was that was actually being offered has created more than a huge Overwhelming demand. response, And I'll, I will Conno. flick some of the... Yeah, we've got a lot here. Look, we're, we're not in the mood, as great you can radio, tell, Pi fans. Great, great radio. radio. Yeah, yeah, visual. It was a visual Wonderful gag. radio. Uh, Pi fans, we're not in a great mood at the moment to read well, it all out. But thankfully, but we've got about 150 I'll tell you responses, what, if not more. From all the responses, one thing. overwhelmingly, <laughs> more there was only one person in it in the end, and the captain of the Coca-Cola Zero... Real taste... Zero sugar. Sweet 16 team for 2006 is, drum roll please, Amber. Nathan, Nathan Buckley. Buckley. The man. Hey, the alpha male. That's something to cheer us up. And of course, Cono, the prize for this week wasn't just a slab of Coca-Cola Zero. Real taste, zero sugar. Magnificent drink it that it is. It was an entire fridge. A fridge Chock full of Coca-Cola Zero. The fridge in the shape of the, of a sort of blobby thing of... Oh, it looks good zero. anyway. There's a photo of it on the website yeah. and you can well, go and have a look. stylistically designed. Um, Another great visual course, kind of... Sorry. There can, only, there can only be one winner. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who entered the competition throughout the year. But the winner of the final prize in the Sweet 16 competition this year is... Drum roll again, please, Amber. 
Stephanie Redmond. Well done, Stephanie. Well done, Stephanie. And uh, again, Stephanie, uh, we don't have your address because you've emailed through Nathan Buckley and you've emailed through what amounts to a very heartfelt uh, love letter to Bucks, which we'll pass on. Um, but, yes, you haven't left your address, which would have been good if you wanted Bucks to visit like you suggested in the email. So, anyway, Stephanie. Anyway, Pies fans, keep those emails coming through the summer. And we'll make sure know, we do pass that email Let us know on, what Steph. you think because we will be having some specials during summer. We might do a pre- pre-season team of the last 16 years. <laughs> ah, indeed. Brad Plain would be the captain <laughs> of that one. The March champions. Uh, but, um, Pies fans, night at collingwoodfc.com.au. Pies fans, we're back on Pie Night, brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. We're in the finishing straight of the show. Where's, there's no preview. What are we going to do on the weekend? Um, there's no Collingwood game to go to. 1990 Grand Final. Williamstown. Uh, Williamstown. 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 Tiak Oval on Sunday, 2.10. Make sure you get down No worries. Sunday. Playing against Geelong. Geelong. And we'll smash them the just like Collingwood smashed them. Absolutely. Oh. In the year, Willie will smash. Watch that game. Come and see Shannon Cox play, because I tell you what, the boy can play. Uh, I reckon yeah. uh, we might even get a few players like uh, Pendlebury and the likes of some senior players that might be playing Maybe for Willie. John Anthony, yeah. um, if was, he comes up. It was great to yep. see Penders left on nine games, so he's below the rising star threshold next year. Very good point. Not that he'll win it, because the AFL's got it in for Collingwood, as was evidenced two days ago or three days ago when... Uh, Brody Holland got wiped out for six. Guys, it's not all doom and gloom. We started the year hoping to make the finals. We ended the year winning 14 out of our 22 games, finishing in fifth spot. And if we hadn't had that lapse against um, Essendon, we would have got the double chance. We would, would have been playing, playing this, week. this week. Take every um, opportunity, Colin. Magpie fans, players. it has been a good year. We've seen some wonderful new players come through in, into the system. We've also seen some players improve. Sugar, who were your rising stars in an inverted commas sense for this year at Collingwood? Look, I think the guys that came off probably the biggest base, the obvious ones, Dane Swan has come from, you know, come from nowhere really, and Heath Shaw, your your boy. My boy. I won't talk too much about Heater, but, you know, Swanee was second behind Scott West, I think, in the, uh, you know, possession per minute or, or whatever the stat was. He got a stack of the ball, he kept running, and when he went out, you know, when he got injured against Brisbane, was out for three or four weeks. That really stopped our momentum. Mm. Um, he was fantastic. Look, obviously, uh, Alan had a fantastic year, kept off uh, justifiably by all Australian selection. Which you celebrated long and hard mm. on Monday night. Mm. I was very, very, very happy, happy, <laughs> happy about that. But uh, look, there are a heap of positives. Reece Shaw coming back. Dale Thomas. Mm. I won't hog all of it because there are a lot of positives to talk about. You know, when I'm thinking about it now, we've we've been in a bad mood. We've been feeling ordinary after getting beaten by the doggies. But there are a lot of things to celebrate about this year. There there are, Sugar. Um, as you know, I love a goal kicker. And that game against Port Adelaide at um, Amy Stadium, particularly in the first half when it was plays, played as a football match rather than the rugby match, Sean Rusling yeah. showed enough promise yep. to whet the appetite for the future. Um, of course... Um, we saw Anthony Rocker come back, and he had a great start to the year. He probably tapered off towards the end, mm. but we've got to remember he came back from an Achilles tendon he injury that could have ended his career last year, That's right. and he probably mm. just ran out of fitness. I'm hoping for bigger and better things, and it looks like Anthony will stay in the goal square for the rest of his career. Play a Lee, and, an Alistair um, Lynch-type role. 
Hopefully Indeed. he gets away with as many free kicks. Uh, hopefully he gets some, yeah, gets yeah. some free kicks. We don't get them. Uh, very impressed with Heath Shaw's emergence. Were you? Um, no doubt, and as oh, any sorry. any regular listener to Pine Night would know, um, mm. I, I have picked him nice and early. Daisy Thomas, he is an excitement machine. Isn't, isn't he, he ever? Um, he is going to be a Collingwood player for a long, long, long time. And in heater... Dane Swan and Daisy, we have real leadership potential, which I'm impressed about. I was also very impressed with Josh Fraser's season. I think that he's carried the ruck almost on his own. He's also demonstrated that he can go up to half forward. And even on Sunday in that losing team, he took two really strong marks across half forward that were reminiscent of bigger, stronger centre half forwards of the past. Uh, Kerry-esque, you could say, or Kernahan-esque. And um, I'm oh, looking forward... Thanks, thanks, driver. Uh, yeah, well, we don't want you around here, Sticks. You know that. Mm. Um, especially what you say Stay about some of our friends. Um, but um, there were a lot of positives. I think there are a lot more positives to come. The young players I've seen at Williamstown that haven't um, played senior footy yet, like Danny Stanley and John Anthony in particular, Shannon Cox, who plays in that yeah, take-no-prisoners style. Mm. Um, too, just on that, Danny Stanley, yeah, is, Danny Stanley is an absolute bulldog of a bloke, and I said to him after last week's game, when they uh, came, the week before, sorry, when they came up against the Bull Ants and ran over the top, and now obviously in the uh, preliminary final, I said, how'd you go, mate? He said, oh, I went hard. I went really hard. And he just he mm. loves it. He yeah. just loves the competition. And, and for older fans or younger fans who've seen videotapes, if there's a player who Danny Stanley reminds me of, it's Stan Magro, yeah. the old <laughs> nuggety back pockets. You, you made Stan that Magro. call uh, when we played North Melbourne in a practice match Indeed, earlier in the yes, year. out there at, um, at Scum Park, yes. uh, Princess Park, M- whatever MC it's called. Labor Park. M- MC Hammer Park, or whatever <laughs> they call it. Some of the clubs talked a lot about well, since my time here is getting the right kind of players on board. And that's what Derek is often, uh, Derek Hine has often talked about getting the right kind of person on board for the Collingwood Football Club. And I think the positive for me this season is I've witnessed firsthand that we have the right kind of player here. Mm. We have the right kind of young group of players coming through. As, in, as Swanee said in his interview earlier, there's, there's no player in that second year group that are coming through now that he. That we we that, might, that we might get rid of, get, get, get yeah. rid of. Um, and we've got the right kind of group coming through, and we're really building. Clinton, that, that pick a rising star out of that group, someone that the fans out there may not have seen much of yet. Uh, for me, well, we've seen a bit of Ruzza, um, and we, as we talked about, and I think Ruzza's been my favourite, as, as Heater might have been yours. Um, Ruzza just has, I just. I like his attitude. Mm. I like the way he plays the foot, plays the game. I like how strong he is, and if he can hold those marks, he's going to be so impressive for us going forward. Only a couple of games from this year, a couple of games last year, but um, it's just going to be an absolutely fantastic, fantastic to see him in the preseason. Do a full preseason that is. Mm. Well, he was Connor? he was one that, that Derek Hine last year at the Copeland. You, Derek, and I had a quite few drinks at the Copeland, and he. Yep. He said that he's going to be an absolute superstar of this club. 10.6 seconds, 100 metres. I've got a few sort of highlights of the year in terms of some memories that just come to mind now, but I think things like Buckley playing his first full season in a couple of seasons has been fantastic to see. That champion, six goals against Brisbane. Anthony Rocker's eight against against Hawthorne. Ragdoll. Harry O'Brien sort of emerging as a senior player. Heath Shaw, Heath Shaw, Heath Shaw. Yes, he does. Daisy Thomas on Anzac Day. Daisy Thomas, even in that first half or that whenever it was before he went off with the injury against Adelaide, when he just chased every single ball. And he's that sort of player that just goes after everything. And he reminds me of a young Scott Burns. 
in in some ways. Um, you know, Pendlebury's snatch. Uh, yeah, good against, was that? against Sydney. Ah, the steel. Great snatch. Uh, Sean Rusling, as you've just said, uh, you know, his, his, his pace, his aggression, the fact that he was always seen as a bit of a sort of straight line runner, whereas now he's starting to bring a bit more of some yeah, lateral movement yeah. and turning and, and different skills into the game. Dane Swan, Josh, as you've, as you've mentioned, just the development of those players. Benny Johnson, too. Oh, Jono. He, oh. Great season. He really great has. Season, and, and I love the way he reacted to all you know, his time in the press there with Taz and all that went on. He just continued to play his game. And I'll tell you what, Jono is a really well-spoken guy and really well-respected amongst the playing group. And I just think Jono's been a real revelation for me this year in terms of the way he's sort of matured in his football. There's yeah. no frills about his game. He puts yeah. his head down. Look, Total blue-collar, totally another committed. One, another, Great another, Collingwood man. Another one is uh, is Ryan Loney. I, I was think, just um, about to say that, Connor. We had him on the show earlier this year. That's right. Ryan Loney, I think, two years ago, I think it'd be safe to say that we're looking around uh, seeing him as trade bait, when he, to be when, honest. And when um, he hurt his, hurt his knee, I think was it was a game last year. Was it last year or the year before he hurt his knee? And I thought missed, his, his, missed, career's, his career's on the, on the skids. And then, and then Mick also persisted with playing him on the taller players and really putting him back there as a defensive tall key position player. And he was really out of sorts. But we've seen that the, that one or two years of training has now allowed him to be far more flexible in terms of him being able to be strong in the air and also a really great deliverer. In the same vein as um, Ryan Loney is Shane O'Brien. Mm. I think Shane O'Brien had mm. a great first year at Collingwood. And since that time, he probably hasn't had the chance to do full pre-seasons, to train throughout the week and to pl- get out on the ground fully fit. Mm. But this year, he has been, again, a revelation it's in clear- the midfield. He- Clearance rate. And, and That's the on big Sunday, factor. On Sunday, he got, I think he got nine touches in the first quarter. He was killing them in the middle there, absolutely killing them. Mm. Then all of a sudden in the rotation, we just lost a little bit of spark. Look, Obi and Burnsy, um, Burnsy probably didn't have, I don't reckon they had as much impact. He got a lot of the ball. I don't think he had as much impact as he had in yeah, the last Yeah, we're on the back years. foot, yeah. that's why. Mm. But um, another one is also uh, not a member of the playing list, but David Butterfin, who's obviously the fit- yeah, fitness and conditioning mm. coach here at Collingwood. Now, we've suffered two horrible years of injuries that really couldn't be helped. Not really soft tissue, but things like, you know, Didax heart and, you know, shoulders and knees and all sorts of different things. But David Butterfin, to basically almost deliver us a full list yep. um, in time for the finals, has really been uh, positive. So, again, Pies fans, there's a lot of positives for next year. As we heard from Swanee earlier on tonight, there's there's a lot of activity going on behind the scenes now to make sure that, that these fantastic players are delivered to Collingham, that we are number one in terms of having those young kids at the club. Well, what Connor, we we've say? got Williamstown preliminary final coming up this Sunday. The following Sunday, with a bit of luck, Williamstown will be in the grand final. Mm. And I think the um, reserves are also in the final. So if you get there early to uh, Tiak Oval, which is actually the old Port Melbourne football ground, for uh, if people want to look it up, um, you'll be able to see both the Williamstown reserves and seniors. We've got the Copeland Trophy coming up on the seventh or the sixth or the seventh of October. You'll be able to spot spot driver. He'll be the one chewing Heath's ear off. Yeah, Yeah. we'll be there. Uh, Come up and say hello. And, um, of course, we've then got trade week, draft time. And we will have a few specials, hopefully, at that time. On the Copeland, a quick quick whip around. Top three for the Copeland. Um, I'd say in no particular order. As I said on CTV um, the other day, uh, Dane Swan, Heath Shaw, Alan Didak. I think it'll be out of one of those three. Connor? Uh, Heath Shaw, Alan Didak, Nathan Buckley. 
Uh, Jimmy, Heater, and Dids. Okay, my three, I reckon Josh, Dids, and Heath. But uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks. There you go. Uh, anyone who goes to the Copeland, you can nominate the top five and stand to win a couple of thousand dollars as a prize. So um, if you take those votes, you might be able to get a winner. Pies fans, it's been a great show here under the circumstances of the loss. It's mm. been a great season here on Pie Night. Again, as Collingwood fans, we bring you this show out of the love of our own hearts, but it, it wouldn't be possible without the fantastic support of the Collingwood Football Club, Clinton Bound and Amber Crimmins, who absolutely bust their guts Woo-hoo. till all hours of the day and night to put this show together. She's a and, great drummer. And uh, she does. She's she's the percussionist of the group. Uh, again, it is also more than uh, more than anyone responsible uh, for this show is Easy Bonds Global Payments, EZYBONDS.com, a fantastic company that has really supported Collingwood in so many ways, and also Coca-Cola Zero. Real taste, zero sugar. Who have provided uh, so many great prizes for, for Collingwood fans. And most importantly of all, all our listeners out there, we all the pie we'd fans. Be coming in here, we'd probably do it just to talk amongst ourselves, but it's great to uh, get some feedback from you guys. And uh, and, and your thousands of emails of support and uh, suggestions for the show have been uh, have been Not fantastic. just the emails, but the posts on all the Collingwood discussion boards and, yeah, uh, and all the, the comments we alive. get at the game. It's fantastic. I've got to say, guys, it's been a breath of fresh air. It's been a really great project we've done this year, and I've really enjoyed it week in, week out. And the response has been fantastic from all the supporters. And I've got to thank you guys. Cono Drive and Sugar, Sugarfoot for all the work you have done. It's been fantastic. You come in here tirelessly. You come, you work through shows. You give up your own time. And I've got to say, I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and it's been a really great season. We just represent the wider Magpie Army, Clinton. We're happy to do it. We love the club, and we're always striving for uh, for, for for better things for the Collingwood. And we're here to win a flag in 2007. It's as simple yeah. as that. And and next year. We just need to make sure that I got to interview Alan this year. Connor got to interview Bucks. We've got to make sure Driver interviews Heath. Yeah, it's as simple as that. You bet. Come on, Clinton. You're letting the team down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pies fans, we've had had Daryl Summers, Peter Costello, Nathan Buckley, Alan Dyack. Big Jack. Big Jack. Stuart Skinner. Shane O'Brien. Scotty Byrne. Simon Presti. Presti. We've had some amazing guests on, and next year's going to be bigger and better. We're going to cap it off with a flag. But uh, Sugarfoot's uh, scribbling frantically. Why don't you just say it, Sugarfoot? Look, I was just going to say, rather than us, you know, sort of give the shout out, I thought, given we've got Preston in the uh, <laughs> Preston here tonight, that we should get Preston to sign off for us. Perfectly. So, so this year, as we say every year, thanks, Preston. <laughs> Go, 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 Go,